open up your Bibles today to Luke chapter 17. We're going to start there. Luke chapter 17. This is the story of when Jesus cleanses. There's the ten lepers, and Jesus uh, cleanses them. But what we see here that's really important I want to draw out today is the different responses of the people who Jesus healed. And, uh, and that's going to gonna kind of open us up into our message this morning. So I'll read starting in verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through, he being Jesus, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, how many? One. When he saw that he was healed, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face and his feet, at his face and his feet, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. This is a very interesting story because... A couple of things that I noticed right off the bat is, you know, we all have needs and we all have things uh, that we have to get that we can only get from God. Would you agree with that? I mean, there's some things. Can somebody turn me down? Back there, back there, channel 13. There's a few things that, you know, we, we need. Like if I go out today, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get lunch or... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need keys to, to start my car, whatever. We need some things that we just we get them and we don't really think much about it. But there's things that we all need that no one can give us. That there's no source on earth that can provide it for us. We only receive it from Jesus, from God. And these lepers, they needed healing. They needed to be delivered from their physical ailment, from this condition. And there was no means by which they could be set free and healed of this condition, except for God himself to do a divine work. Say amen to that. We all need things only God can give us, right? And so as we seek God and we have a relationship with him, we know that he will, be, he will meet those needs if we continue to believe and have faith. Now, I also think it's interesting that they, they were healed after they moved in obedience. You know, sometimes Jesus just walked up and flat healed people. He did it that way. And sometimes, you know, people, God intervenes in people's lives and it's like a supernatural thing and he shows up and they just give their life to him and it's, it's amazing, you know. In this case right here, Jesus says to them when they're praying and crying out for their healing, he says, go and show yourselves to the priests. And then what they did is they turned and they started to go, get this, and as they're going, they get healed. Now, I don't know about you, but these things fascinate me. Can you imagine? He says, go and show yourself to the priest. 
They're wanting their healing. There had to be some sort of a faith in them to turn around and walk away and start walking in a different direction, believing that Jesus was going to heal them because here's Jesus. He's the one that can heal, but yet they're going to listen to what he says to do and they start walking towards the temple. And can you imagine all of that just starting to like disappear? I mean, I don't know if it was like in a second or 30 seconds or in 10 minutes. I don't know, but can you imagine how exciting it is got to be for them as they're seeing this leprosy, this thing that's keeping them from even being able to live in civilization start to fade away and disappear? I mean, that's powerful to me. But here's the point, is that God, the healing comes after they're moving in obedience, after they're walking according to what Jesus has just spoken and told them to do. And did you know that Jesus has spoken commands to us? It's, it's here in his word. He's spoken things and he's given us a charge and a commission for how to carry out our life and for things that we ought to do to move in the calling that he has for us. And so as we walk in obedience and we say, it's like, we say, Lord, I will obey, right? I will do what you're telling me to do as I get a revelation of your word. I'm going to live it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to embrace it, receive it, and I'm going to walk it out. As we're walking in obedience to God, it's amazing that in those moments and those times where we're walking in obedience, our healing comes. Our blessings come. Our deliverance comes. I've, I've seen a lot of people going through difficult times, struggles in their life. They're like, man, I just want God to take this away. I just want God to heal this situation or restore this situation. And, and for whatever reason, there's a process that's happening. And I encourage them, whatever you do, continue to obey God. Continue to listen to what God has called you to do and walk that out. And I don't know how it's going to come, if it's going to come in 10 seconds or if it's going to come before you walk out the door or if it's going to come today. But I'm telling you right now, as you continue to walk in obedience to what God has already told you to do, the things you need that only he can give you that you desire in your life, the blessings, the provision, the healing, God will bring those as we're walking in an obedience to him along the way. And then he goes, they go, and, and they, they, they get healed. And then one out of ten actually comes back to give thanks to God. One out of ten. It's a ten percent club. That's interesting. The nine out of ten, they got their healing. And then there wasn't something that happened that produced this, this response of thankfulness and gratitude in their life. And as the one comes back, it says that he threw himself on his knees and at the feet of Jesus, and in a loud voice began to cry out, worship God, and give thanks. Very, very powerful here to, to, to learn this, this part, because when he cries out in a loud voice, that means he's giving thanks publicly. Do you know that when God does something in our lives, that it ought to be a testimony to other people around us. It ought to be a reason to shout and give him praise and to celebrate what he's done. Jesus is pleased with the response of this one man, but not with the other nine. It's clear. He's very pleased with the response of the one man who comes back and publicly begins to thank Jesus and have gratitude for what God has done for him. And, he, and we see by Jesus' response when he says, you go Arise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. That this, this response of gratitude, of thankfulness, 
is, is something that Jesus is telling us, this is the proper way to live. An attitude of gratitude. An attitude of thankfulness. That this is something that is healthy, that is good. It's like Jesus is pointing a light on it and saying, yes, this is how a person needs to be. They need to live with gratitude and thankfulness in all the things that I'm doing in their lives. And, and I think today as we talk about this idea of gratitude and the power of gratitude, what it opens up, what it unlocks and unleashes in our life, I want us to approach it and look at it and say, you know, for all of us to ask ourselves the question, am I... Am I disappointed with something right now that's going in my, on in my life? Am, am I saddened by a situation that I can't seem to stop thinking about? Or am I struggling because I feel like I lack something in my life and I, I'm, I'm just really consumed with this idea that there's something missing? Or I'm discontent with how things are going? Because I believe if we can get a hold of this idea that we live with gratitude and thankfulness that it will begin to change the landscape of all the things that we struggle with or that we're dealing with in our lives that ail us or we feel like we're lacking in. And, and think of it like this. Thankfulness is one of the greatest ways to be able to start bringing attention to the blessings of God, to bring awareness to the blessings of God in your life. You know, our kids, they, they lose things all the time, right? I do too, but they lose things. They're like, Dad, where's my... Elsa, whatever, shirt, you know, or the, the, the glass shoes that go on her. And I'm like, I don't have any idea, but I know one thing. If you clean up your room, if you go downstairs and start cleaning the basement, the, you know, the place I can't really walk through, that if you do, I'll bet you'll find what you're looking for. Oh, hold on just a second for this. I'll bet you'll find what you're looking for. If you'll start... Being grateful and we'll start being thankful and having gratitude for everything that's happening in our life that we ought to be thankful for. It will begin to bring awareness and attention to the overflowing blessings of God that I would submit to you are really already present and evident in our lives if we will see them. And then that in itself will position us to begin to receive more of the great things that God has for us in our future. Because I found this out. If you're not grateful for what you have, it's very unlikely that you'll be grateful for what you're going to get. Anybody witness to that? Okay. So, listen to this. Psalms 100. In the Message Bible, I like this translation. It says, on your feet now, applaud God, bring a gift of laughter, sing yourselves into his presence. Know this, God is good, and God, God, he made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourself at home. Take talking praise, thank him Worship him, for God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, loyal always and forever. Take out your phone for just a second. If you have your phone with you, don't get used to this. Pastor telling you to take out your phone in church. 
What's the first thing you have to do if you want to go look at someone? Okay, what's the second thing you have to do? <laughs> yes, you have to power it up. What's the second thing? You have to enter a password. Right? Don't you? Most of you have to enter. And now, I mean, Grandma, she's got the flip phone. I'm sure. They didn't even have. She was just telling me. She was just telling me yesterday. She's like, "Oh, my flip phone's the battery's dead." And I went there, and she's like, "I don't want a new phone. I like the flip, and I just want them to give me a new battery." I'm like, oh, brother. <laughs> the guy was probably looking at her like, "Well, we could get you such a better phone and so much more." Yeah, she. Yeah. So, but but you got to have a password to get in there, right? And it's, it's interesting in the Message Bible that he uses this, this verse where he says, thank you, enter the password, thank you. Isn't that amazing that when it's, I mean, the moment we start to be grateful and that we're thankful for what we see God has produced in our lives and we see it for how he sees it, for the blessings that it is, it's like, it, it, it's like the password. It, like, it gives us entrance. It like, kind of like opens up the gate for us to walk in and then begin to really see our life for the blessing that it is and the blessings that are around us. It's in, in thank, thankfulness and gratitude, it's, it's really a decision. It's a choice that we make. It's not so much like an emotion. I mean, this is something that we can choose in our free will to be thankful for the things that we have. It's just a matter of the way we choose to see them. Thankfulness must be cultivated in our lives. It must be cultivated because if we produce, think about like soil in a garden, right? That soil, it has to be cultivated. It has to be nourished and it has to be healthy. And if it is, I mean, you plant flowers or you plant corn or you plant tomatoes, whatever you want to plant. If that soil is healthy and fertile and well-nourished and well-cultivated, you're going to grow strong crops no matter what you choose to plant in there. Oh, my gosh. So if our soil of our life is cultivated with this attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness for all the things that we have, God calling you to step out into a new job, God calling you to step out into new relationships, is he, is he wanting to do something fresh in your life? Well, I'm telling you right now, if it gets planted in soil that's grateful and thankful for all the things that are happening already in your life, baby, it'll pop up and it'll spring up and flourish into something healthy and nourishing in your life. If that soil is contaminated and it's bad and there's no gratefulness in the environment or the atmosphere and you, there's this misconception that I'll be happy if I get, but I'm not happy now, I'm just telling you that's not the fertile soil, the environment for God to really do anything special in our lives. we got to be grateful and thankful and, and have that attitude of just thankfulness in all the things that we do so that God can begin to bring the, the things up into full health and to fruition the way he wants to in our lives. Thankfulness must be cultivated. Now, thankfulness covers three time periods, three time zones, past, present, and future. This is good stuff today. Thankfulness covers three time zones, past, present, and future. First of all, how do you view your past? Do you look back with nothing but regret, disgust, disappointment, and see all the things that went wrong, that didn't happen, that 
possibly you hopes that you had that maybe didn't come to pass? Or do you look back in your past and recognize all the things that you really truly have to be thankful for? Because I don't know about you, I don't have to really look very far. I mean, I was blessed to be raised up in an amazing family. And I made a lot of mistakes, and I did a lot of dumb things along the way. But I can see that I, I was brought up in a family that encouraged and loved me in a way that positioned me to become who God called me to be. And I, I didn't choose that. God gave me that. And that's a blessing that I have from Him. And when I look back in my past, to me, begins to become more paramount and more at the forefront of what I see than all the things that maybe went wrong or that I screwed up. I know when I look back, honestly, it is a miracle to me that I'm here. There were a number of nights where I drove home and I shouldn't have been driving, and I passed out at the wheel, had accidents that I walked away from unharmed, not because I deserved anything, but because the grace of God was covering me, and the prayers of those who loved me were covering me in faith, and God brought me through that. You can look back at your past, and you can let it define your future, and you can let it just see all the things that didn't come through, or you can look back and you can recognize the blessing and the hand of God that was with you all through the time. And you can allow it to set you free so that God can write your future the way he wants to. If we look back and we see and we have an ungrateful attitude and an unthankful attitude towards what's happened in our lives, it will hinder us, it will confine us, it will restrict us from being able to walk forward into the future blessings and promises that God has for us. Thankfulness, it covers our past, but it also covers our present. It also covers our present. We look around and we see things in our lives right now. Well, this, is the, this is the tendency that people start to get into is they look around and they, they think about, well, when I get this or when I get that and when, when this changes, when I get that new house or when I make more money or when... You know, this has happened, or when I have more time, or when I can take a vacation. And I'm not saying we don't pray for things that we desire. That just God says He gives us the desires of our heart. I'm just saying that if we do that at the expense of missing and not recognizing the blessing and the provision and the hand of God that's there right now in our lives, we will be missing. Look around at where we're at right now. I mean, think about what all you have to be thankful for. You're here today. You're breathing. Can you see me today? Can you see me up here? Okay, Paul, can you see me? You don't have your glasses on. <laughs> your eyes are working. You're breathing. Your lungs are working. I mean, do you recognize that do you, do you think only, when you think about where you're at now and your health, do you think only about something that's, you know, restricting you? Or do you recognize the blessing that's really there? Do you know that you got up and you walked here and got in a car and drove here? And, you you know, there's people that can't walk. I mean, do you see these things when you look at your life now? Or do you only see what's missing or what's not there? And, and have this false illusion that somehow when you get, then it will change. God says in his word, he says, he says, if you be faithful with little, then I know you'll be faithful with much. 
right? And to much who is given, much is required. We gotta, we, if we don't have an attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness for all the things that God's already got, he's like, what is all that? You know, you're talking about what, you, what is all this? See this first. Recognize this first. And then I will continue to bring these things forth in your life. But it's because there'll be a good soil of gratitude that's cultivated in your life that's going to help it to spring forth and spring out. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18, he says, Rejoice always and pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God. This is the will of God in Jesus Christ for you. To give thanks in everything. Oh, to give thanks in your strength to give thanks in your challenges that you go through because you know that they'll make you stronger. And if I'll just praise God and I'll be thankful for where I'm at now in the present moment. Look, God has the ability to deliver you out of a situation at any time, at any time. And if we're going through a struggle or going through a trial and we're seeking God, maybe maybe it's not that he's just going to pluck you right up out of it. Maybe it's kind of like the psalmist says, well, I walk through the valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Maybe he wants you to just kind of keep walking through the valley because he knows he's going to bring you out on the other side. And that you ought to be thankful because he's walking right alongside you and he's going to bring you through stronger and better than when you walked into that thing. Hallelujah. I mean, recognizing that we give thanks in everything, in all things, not just some I remember when I was at my, my old house. This is an example of a past situation, but to a kind of my present illustration. That's deep. Don't lose any sleep over that one, right? This is a past example, but we're talking about being thankful in your present. Whenever we were, our very first house that Katie and I had, it was a little old house, and it was like, you know, breaking down and all kinds of things. And I just, I, I was just like disgusted with the house. I didn't like it. I didn't want anything to do with it. And I was just more focused on this new house that we were going to build and you know, I was like, when I would think about the house we had, it was just, eh. and I was thinking about this new house that we're going to have. And, you know, thank God for my dad, because we're going around, and he's like, well, I mean, this isn't that bad of a house, you know? I mean, you, you have a house. You're like early 20s, and you guys have a house. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I know, but you know, dad, you know, that's just what dad's going to say, right? And, and I just kind of had this, honestly, like this attitude, well, I had no gratitude and thankfulness for this roof that God was putting over our heads, this place that we were starting our family, where we, became, we got married and we began to build our lives together. I wish I would have thought more about it then, because now when I look back, you know, I don't want to go back to the past, but man, there's, there's beautiful memories that we made there. There's things that I cherish about that place. I missed them in the moment. I didn't see them. And I missed things that I believe God could have done. You know, and, and thinking that somehow that was all going to change. You know, you get to the next house and things go wrong there too, right? I mean, brand new house, things still break down. It's cra- I don't know how it's possible, but it does. Be thankful in the present moment. You know what else I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for coffee. I am. Well, I'm just saying, I'm thankful. I'm, I'm thankful that God chose to put this plant in the earth and gave men the wisdom and understanding to grow it up, harvest it, dry it out and turn it into powder and then brew it through hot water so that we could drink. I'm just thankful for it. And yesterday, I, uh, a couple of days ago, Katie made me a cup of coffee. She set it on the island. 
And I just walked by and grabbed it and went on my way, you know, to start my day. And she's like, welcome. And I was like, excuse me, what? She's like, you're welcome. And I'm like, oh, oh, thank, thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm grateful that you reminded me to be grateful about the coffee, right? And so I, my point is just that there's so many little things all throughout your day. Little things, you know, I mean, just the smile on my kid's face, the way they light up on the silliest things sometimes. It's like, oh, don't want to miss that. Don't want to miss that moment, man. God, thank you for letting me see that. You know, and I'm then I think, man, I don't want to. There are other times I'm worried about something and I'm missing that blessing that's right there in front of me right now. Is that speaking to anybody today? Thankful in our present past, thankful in our present, and thankful for our future. You know, being thankful about life is meant to be lived in a way where we always see that our best days are really ahead of us. It's true. That we're always being worked towards a place that, of perfection that we won't be at until we get to heaven and be with Jesus. But if we're always being worked out more and more like Christ, then our best days ought to always still be ahead of us. And if we can be thankful and grateful about the future that God has planned for us and all the blessings that are in store, that you know that that'll produce a hope in us right now, in the present moment, that will continue to cultivate that gratitude and that thankfulness in our lives for all the things that are going on. I don't know about you, but I know God has a future for me, and I know He has a future for you that is exceedingly abundantly beyond anything you could think or ask. It's in His Word. It's in His Word. And I know that if we're thankful and excited and, and just grateful and and have this attitude of gratitude for what's ahead, that it'll produce a hope in us now, not hopelessness and despair. And you know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 6 that hope is an anchor for our souls. It's an anchor. So get this, as we're thankful and we're grateful for the future that God has, and we're grateful for the blessings that He has right now, and we're hopeful for the days that are ahead, that we will have this anchor, this grounded that all the things that come at us in our life, that the devil brings at us, that he's trying to get us out, he's trying to pluck the anchor out so he can pull us away into disappointment, discouragement, discontent. But if we'll be thankful and grateful for all that we have, all that we've had and all that's to come, that there will be this anchor in our lives that prevents us from being knocked around, from swaying to and fro in the things that the enemy continues to try to throw against us. Hope is that anchor for our soul. Listen to this. I'll end with this. This is an article. I came across this. And it was in the Huffington Post last year. I remember reading this, and I'm like, this is good. Like, I was working on this message about gratitude. I'm like, this is, this is good stuff. This is the Huffington Post. And they did, this, they did this article in 2015, but it was really to talk about a study and, and surveys that were done 30 years prior to that about how gratefulness and gratitude actually enriched, enriches the mental health of a person. And did you know that what they found is that out of all the things that people who were grateful, that there was nothing quite as significant as thankfulness and gratitude that changed the positive mental health of a person as that did. 
See, look, God created us, so he knows how we work, right? You can chalk this up to science if you want to, but I'm just telling you, God made the body. So when he says you're grateful and you're thankful, that you're posit the, the positive things that flow out of the physical man, it's by divine design is what I'm saying, right? But listen to these things that the article said were evident in people's lives over a period of time when they were grateful and had an attitude of gratitude. Improved physical, emotional, and social well-being. Greater optimism and happiness. Improved feelings of connection in times of loss or crisis. Increased self-esteem. Heightened energy levels. Heightened energy levels. How about that? Thankfulness, gratitude, you're going to have more energy. Strengthened heart, immune system, and decreased blood pressure. I'm just saying, God knows how the body is meant to be healed. Right? Strengthened heart, immune system, decreased blood. Improved emotional and academic intelligence. Expanded capacity for forgiveness. Decreased stress, anxiety, depression, and headaches. Improved self-care and greater likelihood to exercise. Heightened spirituality. The ability to see something bigger than ourselves. What I'm saying is, is that God wrote, God wrote, he's the author of life. He knows how everything is meant to work. He designed us to live in a consistent state of being thankful for everything he's done, everything he's doing, everything and he knows if we live that way, that we will cultivate that gratefulness, that gratitude in our lives in a way where he will palpable with his hands like that clay that the potter uses that he can shape us and mold us to be grateful, which is very pliable. for your past, it rewrites your history. You're no longer, it no longer has the power to define you. When you thank God for your present, it positions you to succeed in life today. It colors the way you see things and the people around you. And it prepares for fruitful productiveness instead of dreading what might come. And when we thank God for a future that we cannot see, it gives us the ability to have hope and to be anchored through all the storms that life might bring.